listening to Phanalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy TV podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Annie. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the first season of the TV show Supergirl, which airs on CBS. And now the CDW. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's right. I said on the CB- on CBS, but it has moved to CW for future seasons. I believe the first season is probably available on the CW website and app. I think they've got a whole thing now. I haven't actually tried it yet, but they've got like free streaming for everybody on their website now. And it's also available on Netflix. It is available on Netflix also, yes. Just as a bit of a spoiler warning, we're going to start out speaking very generally about things that happened in the first season and then get progressively more spoilery as the episode goes on. There is a part where Annie starts talking about things that happened at the end of the season, and there is a a mention of spoiler warnings there. So it should be clearly marked if you haven't gotten to the end of the season. So if you haven't watched the show and don't want to know anything about what happens in the first season, I recommend maybe listening to the beginning and then just stopping the episode there. But if you don't know what the show's about, it's based on the DC Comics character who's named Kara, Kara Zorel, who was sent to Earth to protect her cousin Kal-El, who is Superman. But Kal-El was sent as a baby. She was sent as a preteen, basically. And she gets thrown off course and ends up in the Phantom Zone. And she gets diverted such that she doesn't get to Earth until decades after Superman does. So instead, she gets placed with the Danvers family as sort of an adopted child, and then grows up with a sister named Alex, who as an adult works for the DEO, which is the Department of Extra Normal Operations, a secret government organization that protects the Earth from alien threats, basically. So Kara has a day job in her human life, I suppose. She works at CatCo, that's C-A-T-C-O, a multimedia company owned by Cat Grant, played by Callista Flockhart. So that's what she does in her day life before she suddenly has circumstances force her to reveal her powers when Alex is in danger. So then the series follows Kara as she becomes Supergirl and learns how to be a superhero. So it's kind of like a bit of an origin story of coming out with her powers and learning how to embrace them. Right. And also learning how to deal with the world as a public figure. I feel like all of this is sort of an oversimplification because it sort of thematically deals with a lot of just like becoming an adult kind of stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I never considered the public figure part. Oh, yeah. But that's a big deal in the show because... That's true. Because, I mean, she works for a multimedia organization that does turn her into a public figure basically immediately. And so there's a lot of a lot of that running through yeah. the series. Now, Annie, have you watched the entire season yet? Yes, I have. Okay, just checking. So I was kind of like, because you told me, you're like, you have to finish Supergirl, because I'd watched the first eight episodes when it initially aired. And then I was like, oh, I don't know if it's really growing on me. And then CW started re-airing two episodes a week. So then I started watching it again. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm a little more into this. And then, like, about halfway through airing the series, that's when it got put on Netflix. And by that time, I was excited, so I could catch up instantly. (laughs) So then I caught up in, like, two days. 
Wow. So that was fun. See, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Annie, it gets really good in the second half of the season. <laughs> I know. Catch up so I can talk about it with you. Well, I, I think that's, you know, how my general opinion was. It took me a few episodes to get into. And it's it's a kind of series with a lot of wholesome charm and compared to a lot of, you know, as we talk about darker series out there. So there's that appeal. And, you know, it started off as a lot of series do with a little one-off episodes and kind of wraps up neatly like, this is what we learned in this week. And so, but once the season continued and the characters started developing more and the overarching storyline started developing, yeah, that's when I got really into it. I do feel like it took them a while to sort of find the balance for a lot of the characters. Yeah, this is find the footing. Sort of an unpopular opinion, at least based on my friends. But in that first episode, really the first couple episodes, I didn't really like Kat. I thought mm-hmm. they just she felt too one note to me. Like I didn't I didn't really like it how they were portraying that character. They, yeah. the writers, like I didn't like how she was written. I thought Calista Flockhart was doing a good job with what she was given, but it was just sort of like, I don't know how I feel about this. My friends thought it was great. They thought she was great. Mm-hmm. They loved it. I don't know and- if I really had an opinion about her. I was just like, oh, okay, this is who she is. And I got used to her sort of passive aggressiveness, like I'm trying to support you, but I'm going to put you down in a really mean way as I do it to motivate you. That's how Which her, her I, I feel like that kind of became more what it was. Yeah. Like they, they sort of evened it out a little bit by giving her those layers of being like a really good mentor, even if she mm-hmm. was a little gruff about it. Yeah. And I really liked it when they got to that point. What? Yeah. Just a little, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> towards the end, it was a little. <laughs> well, it, it was funny because. When it flashes back to when it shows how Kara got the job and there's a person running out before her who's crying, I'm like, yeah, that would have been me had I encountered Cat Grant in real life. Me too, probably. So, yeah. <laughs> I just spontaneously tear up at people being, like, unnecessarily aggressive. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs to know that, Chris. Okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry I interrupted you about uh, what you were saying about Cat. Oh, no, just just that it it took a while for them, I feel mm-hmm. like, or, or for perhaps for my perspective on it, it just she was she was too much that aggressive, I don't know, it just it felt too much, yeah, felt like too much to me and and they dialed it back a little bit, balanced it out, and I think that was true with sort of a lot of the characters, mm-hmm. well, yeah, for me, that was Hank Henshaw. it was too much. One note, I am DEO agent. I have to go by the rules. And I'm like, oh, another, you know, it kind of, that's how I thought of (laughs) it. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, "Uh, can we develop this character a little bit? But then when it was revealed that he was John Jones and he wasn't a villain that we thought he might be. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. But then when it's revealed who he is and you're like, oh, and he develops this really great relationship with the Danvers sisters. I'm like, I really like you. Because yeah, we do get new perspective on him too, and why he is acting the way he is. Mm -hmm. And also once his secret is out, that sort of levels the relationships a lot too, because, you know, oh, now I know what's going on. And Alex and, and Hank develop a very 
nice relationship. I, I like those developments. Mm-hmm. And he does sort of become a father figure to them, which is nice. Yeah. Well, I love that line when he's in the cell and Alex asks him, why didn't you run? And he goes, oh, I'd stay here for a thousand years to protect you and your sister. And I'm like, oh. I know. And then I probably start crying. Yeah. <laughs> this show okay, makes I me ha- cry a lot in, in a good way. <laughs> okay. I have to admit something to you. So again, I had my initial feelings about the series. Like, eh, it's a little silly. It's a little, eh. But then when I was watching the whole thing in sequence and watched it all and had kind of had everything build up for me, like, you would have laughed at me, Chris, because there were moments when I was, like, tearing up and I'm like, oh, my God, it's a good thing Chris is not here to see me because I can't believe I'm crying at Supergirl. But, you know, I, I initially at Supergirl thought, every week it aired. <laughs> I know. But I was like, I was like, wow, because I initially just went, oh, this series is silly, you know, whatever. But it's like, I don't want to admit to you that I cried. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm amused that you didn't want to admit it to me because every week on Twitter, I'm like, Supergirl made me cry again this week. <laughs> no, I just wanted to let you know it got to me, too. Okay. So yeah, I am a convert, but I'm was, glad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because so. it is it is one of those warm, fuzzy feelings shows. Like, yeah. it's not just that, but mm-hmm. that is a, a very real element to it. Because I think part of what gets me is just the current state of superhero m- media mm-hmm. just depresses me. It's all so cynical and dark. Yeah. And this isn't at all. Well, and that's what you and I you know, agree on because it was weird because initially I thought the opposite of this show. I thought it was a little too light and I'm like, oh, it's a little, you know, it's for a younger set, you know, is a show for, you know, that was some but criticism I read. They should but, have something too. Kids yeah. should be able to have superhero stuff because I grew up with superhero stuff and that's why I still love it decades yeah. later, you know? But again, it was just, it turned into a really great series that really affected me emotionally at some parts. And that's what I love about it. Because I feel like they acknowledge the darkness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... Yeah, the, it's not like all light and fluffy. I did like how some moments, like when Kara got affected by the red kryptonite, I was like, you know, wow, what a great storyline. And everything she said and how she had to deal with it. Yeah, again, the series turned from you know, a couple of one-off episodes into really good stuff as it developed. So anyway, I'm sorry, go on. Oh, I just, you know, there was even an episode fairly on in the season, I think, where Kara and James have this great, James Olsen I'm talking about, have this great conversation about being angry and not really being able to fully express that just because of Mm -hmm. being capable of, of great damage <laughs> causing yeah. great harm if they yeah. do mm-hmm. i love that scene so much i was like oh yeah this show has depth it was interesting because one of the scenes that unexpectedly affected me where i admit i teared up was when when the episode on win's father came back and he was revealed to be what is it the toy maker i forget mm-hmm. what his evil evil name is and uh at the end, Wynn confesses, you know, it's been very obvious to anyone watching the show, but that he's loved her since before she was Supergirl. And she tells him she doesn't feel the same way. And I'm like sitting here in tears going, 
I'm Wynn. I'm the person that always doesn't get the girl. I'm the geek. But <laughs> I just, I do love that relationship and how it took a while to realistically repair that relationship. So I, I'm a fan of that one. So, oh, poor Annie. Just their friendship. Yeah. But in contrast, I don't know, and this may be an unpopular opinion for me, that the the James and Kara relationship, if it's more than friends, just for me, I'm like, I'm okay with it. I'm not totally into it. But that's just me. So I'm into it. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> I am. I, I actually... What do you like about it? They're just, they're very supportive of one another. That's true. They're supportive of one another. They're clearly attracted to one another. Mm -hmm. I'm like, go for it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Except the first time they kiss, he just has to be possessed and doesn't remember. But that wasn't his fault. I know. But it's always bad timing in the superhero world. It's true. So, yeah. <sighs> but, yeah, I like her friendships and relationships with everybody as they develop. If so. we're talking about relationships, we absolutely have to talk about Kara and Alex, yes. her sister, because it is my favorite thing on the show. It's like the heart of the show. To it me. really is. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they establish that pretty immediately. That's that's yeah. the reason Kara uses her powers in front of the world, basically. It's to save is, her sister. It's to save yeah. Alex. And then Alex is mad at her initially, but that's because she wants to protect her, and she's with the DEO. She doesn't reveal that until later in the pilot. But again, it's all the sisterly love. And that's the whole reason she's with the DEO. Yes. But that thread runs throughout the whole season. So, it's true. Yeah. I actually love in the first episode, this is what gave me hope for the entire series, right? Is Oh, yes. You've mentioned this to me. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> there is a scene where Kara gets knocked down by the supervillain and in fairly standard fashion somebody swoops down from the sky <laughs> to save her in a black and, ops helicopter yeah and normally this would be like the hero's love interest or something right this is pretty standard stuff only the big taking off the helmet reveal it's alex <laughs> yeah and i love <sighs> it like her sister is there to save her. And that's that's like a big theme of the season. Actually, earlier today, I kid you not, I was on Tumblr, I saw a gift set of Kara and Alex and how much they love each other and would pr do anything for each other to protect each other. And mm -hmm. I started tearing up. <laughs> Send me that gift set. I will do that. I just I have a lot of feelings about them and how much they love and protect each other. So and then can I put spoiler alert here? Then Kara has an Aunt Astra, who's her mother's twin, who's one of the villains of the season. And Alex ends up killing her later in the season. But this ends up being a big point of contention between them. Because Hank takes the blame. Because he doesn't want the relationship between the sisters to be damaged by that. So Yes, and he has that great line to Alex at some point in the season about... You know, well, you're Supergirl's hero. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, it's true. And, and then, then I start crying again. <laughs> there's that point when the truth comes out because Alex can't take holding it. She can't take hiding it anymore. And she confesses it to Kara. And she just starts sobbing. And, and up Kara until this looks point, mad. 
and looks like she's going to leave, but she stops yeah. and pulls Alex into a hug, and, and then, then I pulls. cry again. Yeah, and and then she pulls Hank into the hug because she'd blamed him this whole time. And yeah. yeah, that's when I teared up, and I'm like, oh, Chris would be so proud of me. I'm like totally crying. So <laughs> I am proud. Yes. <laughs> so proud and yeah. smug. <laughs> And then also, even though I'd seen it before, because I kind of saw the season in pieces as it aired, I watched the first eight episodes, and then I'd kind of watch a scene or two. And I would go, why do the villains look so... I mean, I know it's based on a comic book, but some of the villains just looked really, really too silly for me. I mean, as the, the silver banshee and the parasitic alien... I was just like, what? <laughs> and then... Because aliens. Well, know, Silver Banshee's but, not an alien, but... I know, but Silver Banshee, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching someone, you know, with too much makeup on for Halloween. It was just silly. Okay, Annie, but you watched Xena. I don't think you have any room to judge. That's true, but I just had to get used to it. And then the... I can't remember her name. The blue villain who's got three eyes in her forehead looking like a three-eyed mystique. She's a yeah. brainiac, but I don't think she went by brainiac. What was her name? I don't know. Indigo. That was her name. Indigo. Thank you. Yes. yes. But Indigo with the... Played by Laura Vandervoort, who incidentally played Supergirl on Smallville. I know. Laura Laura Vandervoort. I just felt bad for her in all that blue makeup. I know. It's like she and she and Rebecca Romaine should share stories. Compare notes. Yeah. But... You know, I thought, that, like, physically it looked a little silly. And there were some villains who just kept, it just uh, seemed a little one note, like Non. He was very much on, he's just like, okay, we're going to follow Astra's plan and destroy Earth. And, you know, uh, we're going to, we're going to initiate Myriad and all this stuff. And I'm like, a little development. Well, he, but they're to be villains. fair, he loved That's Astros. sort of their deal. I know. I know, but I like a little development with my villains. And there was a little development with Maxwell Lord, but mostly he annoyed me. I think he's supposed to. Here's the thing, though, that annoys me Mm. about Maxwell Lord. What are you doing, show? Because all this holding hands with Alex business is gross. I don't like it. Ew. Yeah. She's way too good for him. He's a sleazeball. Please don't develop that in the second season. But... Again, you would have been proud of me because initially I saw the last episode and I went, eh, yeah, whatever. But then I rewatched it in the context of the season. And at the end, when Supergirl's lifting up Fort Ross and, you know, sacrificing herself, even though I knew what was happening, I totally cried. Excellent. So you would have been proud of me. <laughs> even though I knew she'd be saved, I totally cried. I was like, kind of, I don't know if I forgot what happened to her or whatever, but yeah. And it sounds so cheesy, and I know that, but for goodness sake, the whole plot point there is that she was going to save the planet with hope. Yeah. <laughs> a message yeah. of hope was her greatest weapon. And I'm, you know, tears streaming down my face because, again, I'm sick of all the cynical nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I just love that that's, that's Supergirl's greatest plan of attack is is a message of hope. And I love how it did come together at that point, how even though Maxwell Lord is a sleazeball, blankety blank, yeah, that he did have good intentions and at least, 
you know, gave Kat the earrings and he said, he has that line. Well, she said, how did you know I wear them? And he goes, well, maybe I just had hope. And I'm like, okay. But I love how, <laughs> you know, Maxwell Lord and Kat and Supergirl all work together and to save him with hope. And they use that old broadcasting station. And I was like, yeah. So it came together really well. I would have been okay if Maxwell Lord wasn't there. He skeeves me right. out. That's true. Because the whole Bizarro Supergirl thing, that was mm-hmm. not okay, Maxwell Lord. Ugh. But I did like that Cat and Supergirl working together. I'm, I, I am amused, though. Not, not, I shouldn't say amused. I don't want to. I'm certainly not against anybody's ship, but I have seen so much Super Cat art on my timeline. There are a lot of Super Cat fans out there. I know some Super Cat fans. Yeah. We both know some Super Cat fans. Not for me, because mentor relationship, personally. Yeah, for me too. I kind of, but I enjoy reading in between the lines for where the super cat stuff would be inserted. But I did like how Cat softened and had those moments that Callista Flockhart was really good at when she was, when she, again, she just had those moments where you could tell how much she cared about Supergirl, about Kara. Even about yeah, really you know, more about Kara than James. Supergirl. It's yeah, yeah, it's really so. nice, especially towards the end of the season. I I really love that too. Yeah. Okay, so since you've kind of already taken us to slashy shipland, shall we talk about season two spoilery things? Sure. Okay. What's slashy so, shipland in there? I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. Okay, if you don't want to hear, listeners, if you do not want to hear any season two spoilers, or, you know, if you're avoiding even casting news, turn it off now or skip to the end or something, because we're going to talk about it. Okay, so have you heard about any of the casting news for the second season, which I should add is scheduled to start about a week after we're recording this? Oh, I keep waiting for it to start. And I'm like, because, you know, my DVR records two weeks in advance. October 10th okay, is thank the you. premiere date for... <laughs> now I can put it on because I'm afraid I'll miss it. <laughs> okay, thanks. Supergirl Season 2, October 10th. Okay. Which is a Monday night. Okay, so some of the new characters. Since since I just mentioned Slashy Shipland, I'm just going to start off. They, they've got Lena Luther, played by Katie McGrath. And more potentially for Slashy Shipland, Maggie Sawyer, played by, let me look it up, Floriana Lima. Okay. So who is Lena Luther? That is, we take it, that is Lex Luther's sister? Yes, I believe so. And does she exist in the comics? I think so, but I'll be honest with you, I'm not totally sure. And who is Maggie Sawyer? Is she okay. in the comics? This, this is... I actually didn't know this because I haven't read these yet, mm-hmm. but one of my friends who has read these, I believe, let me know that Maggie Sawyer is from DC Comics, the Batwoman series. She was Batwoman's girlfriend for a while. Oh. Or possibly is currently. I'm not really sure. But that is who Maggie Sawyer is. She's a, a police detective, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... so- I'm sorry, go ahead. Yes, because one of the rumors I've heard about season two is that a gay character will be introduced, whether it's in the DC world or in the show of Supergirl. Is that true? It 
yes, that has been said. It's not confirmed that it's Supergirl. Apparently, it's either in Supergirl or The Flash. Okay. I don't know where this information comes from. It's internet rumors okay. that it's either Supergirl or The Flash. But Greg Berlanti, who is the executive producer of all the DC TV shows, has confirmed that there will be a character, an existing main character on one of these shows, will be revealed to be a gay character. There's a lot of people going, please let it be Alex. That is what I see a lot of on the internet, yes. I admit, I would not be disappointed with that. And with the introduction of Maggie Sawyer as a cop who will presumably be interacting with Alex quite a lot, there's, I think, you know, that's added fuel to the fire, shall we say. No wonder I saw pictures of the two of them shooting on the streets of Vancouver, like undercover, undercover lesbian reporting. You know, do, 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 do. I'm like, what are all these things showing up on my timeline? Yeah, now you know more. Uh, very amusing. So then I've also seen people, I don't think this is going to happen, but some people are like, does does this mean that we can make Alex Batwoman? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> See, you're laughing at me for saying that because for the entire season it initially aired, I kept saying to you, I can't buy Kyler Lee as a DEO. You're all, Why? Because she just doesn't look the part. But it grew on me. She could kick my beep. <laughs> so, please. She, she could kick many bums. Yes. Oh, dear. Also, new characters. There's going to be Superman is going to be in a few episodes. But I think everybody probably knows that already, right? Because all the promotional material. I'm a little disappointed in the CW for making such a huge deal of Superman specifically. Like, I understand why, because he's probably the most known quantity, but... The show is called Supergirl, people. Right? And they've cast so many women, especially. Women and people of color they've cast for the second season. Like, they've done a good job of adding a lot of those characters, which is something that fandom has been asking for. And instead, they're focusing on the white guy that they added. Yeah. It's a little disappointing. We really hope does not take over Supergirl's story for the episodes he's in. I have hope, based on what we've seen, that that won't be the case. Okay. Like, partnership, cool. But to dominate the whole episode, I hope not. You mean like he's dominated the promotional material? Yes. Which is why I have not watched any of it. Yeah. They've also added Sharon Leal as Miss Martian. And they've also added Ian Gomez as Snapper Carr, and I'm excited about that. I like Ian Gomez. Who's that? No, I mean, what's that character? Oh, Snapper Carr is a reporter. Snapper? Snapper, yeah. Oh, okay. They did also add another guy whose name I don't remember now, who is supposed to be like, you know, another hunky young dude. Hmm, well... I've kind of had enough of hunky dudes. Yeah, hunky young dudes. I'm kind of like, we've got enough of those, which is why I don't remember That's that character's name. That's all CW is, is hunky white and, uh, dudes. It's like, I apologize, show. Put hunky girls. Put in some more girls. Jeez. They did. Well, I'd rather take more girls than more hunky white dudes. Or hunky any dudes. Anyway. But I'm saying they've added three women who I, who I believe are supposed to be recurring supporting characters this season. So I'm pretty excited about it. Well, this is the thing. When you have second seasons, and I always worry a bit about adding so many supporting characters, how the writing will be balanced. and I know, how... but we've lost some through the course of the first season. That's true, I guess. 
Yeah, we've lost a lot of the villains, so. And yeah. apparently Callista Flockhart's only going to be in six, six or seven episodes, I think they said. Of and that's the a bummer. Second season, I know. Because, uh, in case you didn't know, production moved from LA to Vancouver, and that was part of it. Right, since CBS didn't renew the show, and then the CW picked it up. So. And all their shows are based in Vancouver. So. Yep. But the good news here is that's allowing for ginormous crossovers with the other DC shows. Have you heard about these, Annie? I have heard about them, yes. I am wondering how one in particular will work without, again, I'll put my faith in the show, without seeming silly, but there will be a musical episode. I am so excited about this musical musical episode. episode With Supergirl and The Flash. Supergirl and The Flash and Victor Garber, who is over on Legends of Tomorrow, he's going to be in it. But they all have musical backgrounds. Victor Garber, I've heard, has a marvelous musical background. Yes. I'm so excited about this, Annie. (laughs) I just want to hear Melissa Benoist sing, because I was not a Glee fan. I've never heard her sing. But I'm sure she's great. Grant Gustin was also on Glee. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They have good voices, the two of them. And then there will be... Really excellent voices. Well, you know, here's the thing. When they did the crossover last season with Supergirl and The Flash, I'd watched maybe six episodes of The Flash the first season, and I was a little... I always worry a little bit with crossover episodes when you watch one show but don't watch the other. But it still worked for me, The Flash crossover episode. So I'm wondering how you're going to make... You know, it has to be written well so that you understand what's going on if you only watch one show and not the other. And then you're going. there's also going to be a massive DC crossover between all four DC shows, I hear. Mm-hmm. So I hope I know what's going on when I see those if I just watch Supergirl. If you don't, you can ask me questions and I will try to fill you in. Okay. As I said to Chris before the recording, eventually I will try to catch up on all the DC shows. I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to. Yeah. Nobody's going to make you. you. (laughs) I bought a few seasons of Arrow, but it's a lot of TV. But the other casting news we're really excited about, and I'll let you talk about that, Chris. (laughs) They, I think most people have probably heard about this, but they have referenced the president in the first season, and she will appear in the second season, and she's Linda Carter, and I'm delighted. (laughs) I've seen a promo picture, and I was like, this is awesome. I love Linda Carter so much. Who doesn't? And I love the old Wonder Woman TV show and how every episode of the Wonder Woman TV show ends on a close-up of Linda Carter smiling at the camera. It just makes me really happy. (laughs) I kind of hope they end that episode of Supergirl that way now. That would be so great. (sighs) I have to say, this is totally random, but one uh, gif I saw recently, which I retweeted, was... Like Friday evening, or when you get out of your work clothes, and it's a close-up of from the pre from the uh, pilot of Supergirl, you know, ripping open her work shirt and revealing her Supergirl outfit out underneath. And I'm like, "Yep, that's me." <laughs> I just thought it was amusing. If you have any thoughts about Supergirl or anything else that you'd like to share with us, any suggestions for future episodes, even let us know. You can get in touch with us a number of ways. You can send us an email at feedback at askgenretv.com. You can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. You can also record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. We love voice messages. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter at AskGenreTV. 
Fanalysis is part of our Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. We also have podcasts on Lost Girl, Orphan Black, Killjoys, and a few other shows. You can check them out on AskGenreTV.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.